Hey everyone, my name's Anthony Gallegos. Welcome to Rebel FM, episode 226. What the fuck is happening? Is um, it 226? Like I'm so. joined by Arthur Geese. Hang loose, bra. Uh, Mitch Dyer. <laughs> Gnarly, bro. And Matt Chandernay. <laughs> totally tubular. What was God happening? damn it. So, um... We're all Ninja be- Turtles here. Before we started recording <laughs> the show, they were talking about Dota Bunch, and I was like, we're not going to talk about that MOBA shit Except Strife. <laughs> so there's this company called S2 Games, and I'll be writing a preview about their game for IGN period com. Is that soon. true? Yeah. I did not know um, that. That's why I was playing it, because oh. I'm going Ooh, to an event. Who in their right it's, mind would otherwise? Right. Hey, was. I'm going to an event uh, for it in Seattle next week prior to PAX, but since I'm already up here, it means no one has to fly up early or any shit like that, um, especially for, for that game. Um, and so, yeah, I checked it out. It's. It's, uh, it's you know, if you're not familiar with S2 Games, they're the ones who made Heroes of New Earth. You know, it was like there was oh, yeah. Dota. At one point, there was only Dota. Yeah. Then League of Legends In the beginning, came there was Dota. <laughs> then League of Legends then there was Han. And then Han, which was the distant second to League of Legends, and now is the distant third to League of Legends behind, you know, both League of Legends and Dota. Um, Oops, sorry and, for that. you know, on the way, we also have Crytex, MOBA, mm-hmm. EA's MOBA, blah, 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 and now Strife which is their successor Zynga's in many Mova. ways to Han. Yeah, so it's like, um, basically, I think the only interesting thing is like what is different about it, you know? And so it, to me, feels like a weird combination of League and uh, Dota. Like, I had fun playing it, no doubt about it. Like, if you jump into it, it doesn't matter if you played League or if you played Dota, you will find characters that will be very familiar with, to you. Like, you know, you'll, you'll immediately be like, oh, this character is just like Pudge. Or this character is exactly like, you know, this person from League of Legends. Like, they have those one-to-ones in a lot of ways because I think they want people to be able to make the jump and feel familiar. Um, You know, it has a very cartoony sort of art style, much closer to League of Legends than Dota's more serious look. Mm -hmm. Friendly, I would call it. um, (laughs) You know, still the same thing, though. Three lanes, you know, typical. You fight with your mobs to get up there. The, The interesting difference is, though, for people like you guys who play a lot of Dota is, one... You can open the store anywhere, which you can in Dota, I know as well, in League. But you can buy from anywhere, and then everyone has a personal courier, their own personal courier that mm-hmm. they start the match with. So you're telling so me there could be five there are ten Coco couriers the Courageis. The there are ten couriers <laughs> in the map at any given time. Oh, my God. And can so, you kill the couriers for money? I believe you can kill the couriers. I haven't Sweet seen it done yet. Jesus. But, my, nice. but my guess is, so now there's ten couriers. Which makes sense Ten because... Ten times the money! Exactly. That's <laughs> where my brain right? went. Exactly. Is that is that now each person, they're like, oh, well, they buy the courier. I'm never going to buy a courier model because I always play ADC, so I'm never going to buy the courier, so you never see my courier. But in this yep. game now, all 10 people have their own courier. <laughs> so there's a reason to buy your skin. This sounds like... This sounds um, like when, uh, ah, game balance. It sounds like old FPS days where everybody's like, "Oh, fucking Doom was the best." Well, now we have Doom with another gun. But well, but I think that the, the idea behind it, the idea <laughs> yeah. behind it though, is that with all everyone having their own courier, there's very little reason to ever go back to base. So everyone's constantly in their lanes. Mm-hmm. So it creates it is a 
it's you know it is it is trying to be different yeah. than Dota yeah. in that regard in League of Legends. <clears throat> so in that case, it is very different, and everyone also has a passive mana and health regen that's actually pretty fast <clears throat> if you stay out of combat for ten seconds. So hmm. there's a reason to like constantly harass someone to keep them from starting to regen health if they're just hanging back, you know. And that that it, that's sort of another interesting dynamic that I think is cool. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, the Crytek MOBA that you mentioned before, uh, Arena of Fate, also does something similar. And th- I think this is just a growing trend as people discover how they want to make MOBAs maybe more accessible or at least less daunting to play is that you encourage people to stay involved in the fight. You keep them out of the base. You keep them in combat. You right. keep them engaged with other players. Because Fates Forever does... Uh, sorry, not Fates Forever. Uh, Arena of Fate does the same thing where when you level up and you get a skill... Uh, or you get an item every time you hit a certain level threshold you accept an item so you can be like I want to get plus health bonuses or I want to get plus crit chances and that's how it sounds a lot like the sort of update system in Blizzard's Oh man, I can't remember how that works. You exactly. like every level, you get like one of two things that you have to pick as like as a permanent yeah. bonus. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and it's different than your actual like abilities. Yeah, I think that's just it. Like the thing that I applaud the dudes at ST Games for is that they're they're trying to make it different. They're not just trying to clone it. They're yeah. trying to keep the sort of emphasis on keeping people constantly in the lane, having this active health regen, having everyone have their own career. Um, you know, it does have a grass mechanic, which is always a divisive thing amongst uh, MOBA players. No, thank you. Um, it, <laughs> Said it the also, Dota players. It has, it has, it has no denials. No, and, thank uh, you. And, Said the Dota it, and, and a way that they also try to <laughs> emphasize, uh, I think, you know, the goal is to emphasize people not hating each other as much. Okay. Is that, I'm on board. Well, <laughs> this is something they made. This is going to divide a lot of people. Is that any time you're laning with someone and they get a last hit or you get the last hit as long as it was your teammate you both mm. get golden experience right. like, oh cool like so so it doesn't matter who, there's no like oh let me get the last hits let me get the last hits. it's like no let's both just make sure we're last hitting yeah um, that's the story of me and arthur and like no sorry i got that kill <laughs> or still exactly. my last hit you know so what though trying- like real talk i'm over worrying about who got the kill as long as we get those kills sure. i'm i know i know but i'm just saying so they're trying to de-emphasize that sort of mm-hmm. gameplay yeah um but other than that, it's very similar in a lot of ways. The five lanes are still obvious jungle jungle rolls and that sort of thing. Um, and then it's also interesting, like one thing I think it's great, they have Twitch integration built right in. So you can nice. stream from Twitch without ever having to go to the webpage or anything. You can just start streaming from within the game. I feel like that's, um, like that's almost an imperative. Yeah. Exactly. I, and it's just great to see them thinking about that. Yeah. So I don't think that that's what these games need. I think that they need like robust spectator like oh, it, it has that too. You, it already has spectator mode built into it. I so, how does how the spectator mode like? Like, what is the camera situation like while you're playing? Yeah, the camera situation when you're playing is fine. It remind it's just like League or Dota, in okay. my opinion. So, um, and so I haven't seen the spectator mode, but I know that that is built in right away. So they are thinking about that as well. Um, the other interesting mechanic in it is that if you're familiar with League of Legends, one of the things that sets apart from Dota is that every person that goes into a fight gets two summoner spells that they unlock as they progress through the leveling. And, you know, whether it's a heal or flash, which is like a blink. Um, and those are like your account, attached to your account, right. no matter and what so you Right, so in this game, right? instead of having summoner spells, what you get is you get a pet. And this oh pet, god. which of course can have its own skins, oh my god. Cannot, <laughs> cannot be killed by the enemy team because it doesn't exist to be killed. It literally just exists to be an avatar of your spell. So that, that person can look at you and a flash and know that person has the heal spell. That person has the additional shield spell. 
you know, that sort of thing. So they know that about you when they look at you and so that they can sell you cute, adorable skins for your pet (laughs) and your pets level up as they progress. You know, like in the same way that in League of Legends, you unlock new summoner spells as you go along. Mm -hmm. In this, it's more like you get pets and as your pets advance, they get different spells that you can then choose to take into battle. So it's it's a familiar. Yeah, it's a familiar. Everyone has a familiar. Yeah, they call them pets. Um, And then the only other substantial difference is that instead of a Roshan or a Baron, if you play League of Legends, they have this guy who's this like sort of angel-looking thing that guards this monkey, this giant ape. And uh, <laughs> when you kill the guy that's guarding it, the ape then spawns in your base in the mid lane and pushes the mid lane with you. And so he's like a big guy that fights on your side in a huge creep wave. And he attacks towers and does a crazy amount of damage, and that's all he goes for is a tower. But as he attacks the tower, he also damages himself, so that's how they keep it from like him living forever. Hmm. Um, but he can easily take out a tower. So it basically changes the fight when you kill him instead of it being like, oh, where are they going to roam with the buff they get or the, uh, the, re- the, God, the Aegis. Um, this just turns into, okay, now it's, now it's turning into a center lane fight, like for this moment. You know, all attention has to focus on the center lane. So it sounds similar to what they're doing in Gigantic, which is not really a MOBA, but very heavily inspired by MOBAs in that sure. you're pushing lanes, but what you're pushing is actually like a colossus yeah like a team-based colossus so you are pushing your lanes so that this giant like i don't know dragon dude on your team that starts in your base can move to the enemy base and fuck up the other one right that's what that minimum first person shooter i played was by human mm-hmm. head as well yeah that's yeah. sort of idea and so, uh here's the storm has something like that too so you know i'm maps. not saying like is I minimum it? the one that's like a voxel yeah thing? Yeah. yeah yeah um but i played it and i like i got done with my first game and i was like okay that was fun but the bottom line is like like I you know, for all its little differences and subtle things, like I don't think it's a badly designed game. I think it has a lot of potential. The bottom line is all my friends are playing League or Dota though, so I yeah, don't know right. why I would play Strife. That's yeah. the, I mean that's, you're not crispy uh yeah. who plays Dota with us who also plays like every MOBA just because like he has like some weird academic fixation yeah. on every yeah. MOBA. I like, bought Nosgoth like, so we could play that and I never ended up playing that's it. That's just not me. Like, if you guys were all playing League of Legends more, I'd probably be playing uh, sorry, I'd right. probably be playing League of Legends more. Yeah. But, so that's the thing. Is like, I played Strife. Fun. Totally has a lot of potential. But if, like I said about any of these games, I don't have time to learn metas of systems yeah. and try and learn builds and try and learn all these characters from a bunch of different games. And it's like if we're already so heavily invested in Dota uh, you know? I feel like the only game changer for you and I that could pull either of us away from League and or Dota is a Star Wars MOBA. Yeah, and right. it would have and to even be, then. Yeah, and even then it would yeah. it would have to be that a lot of our friends are playing. Yeah. And like, and even then, like they would need to stay in it. Like yeah, sp- exactly. Prime prime example is Swotor. Yep. Yeah, which is like yeah. this will be the MMO that everybody plays, and they did. And it did for the first free yeah. thirty days, and then nobody um, cared anymore. I played I just, for like three months. Like, yeah, yeah, you were a too veteran. Much. Yeah, I was, I was going to say it's too much longer than most people. You served. Meanwhile, like, fucking World of Warcraft has been going for literally 10 years. It's <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, I played for three months. Um, wow, what was it like? <laughs> games, it games it, like I said, it's not a terrible game. Oh, no, I think we lost Anthony. It's not. It's um, pretty cool. It's just, oh, he's back. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Skype actually detected so much bullshit coming out of Anthony's mouth that it stopped him. Yeah, I'm being paid by IGN. That's two games. Um, so you uh, have to roll it back a little. Sorry. No, it's. I'm, I think we we got the. Gist. Yeah, it's oh. fine. Yeah. I mean, and then the only, and then I also checked out Secret Ponchos, which is in early access right now. And I'll say that game 
is really cool idea. Isometric competitive shooter. Yeah. Like, but Diablo, you know, Diablo service perspective. Really fucking cool art. Really amazing cowboy music. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like it's in great like environments, and it's all class based. So you know, there's like the heavy guy that has a really short range, mm-hmm. but can like do dashes to catch up with like the double pistol guy. But right now, it is early access, and that game, in my opinion, is incredibly early access. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. It's been really fun at events, but I guess it's kind of busted. The thing, well, the thing I don't like about it is that first off, I couldn't find a match. Like mm-hmm. I found one match, and then I sat in a lobby for like five minutes and couldn't find a second match. Another thing I don't like is right now the games are only two v two v two. There's only two v two modes, and you can only play against bots or with people. And two v two is just not enough, in my opinion. No, those maps are actually kind of big. So, I just found it a little underwhelming at this point. Hmm. I think there's a lot of potential there. Like I said, rad art, cool mechanics, but man, that game needs like as soon as they put in like a five v five mode or something like that, hundred percent down with that game. Hmm. But for now, I think that's like one of those early access that like when they for- the forest first came out, it's one of those ones. You shelf, and you're like six months. Then it's is this then, another like couch co-op game? Basically, it is, yeah, it, yeah. And I think they want to make a real single player for it, like because if it had an actual single player campaign, it'd be fucking amazing. Like, but right, but that's I, the thing that takes a long time. Exactly. So I just feel like if they're going to do multiplayer, then yeah, five v five would be great. And it does say that in the in the menu, even if it's not enabled yet, that there is split screen. So I feel like it could be an awesome split screen game. It also couldn't entirely work as a split screen game split screen game you're good at talking thanks because uh, there is a character whose entire skill set is based on her invisibility and that hmm. just is not conducive to split screen competitive <laughs> multiplayer yeah uh, I just sort of like this game and the last game you talked about I feel both share a similar problem albeit in different genres which is that they are trying to capitalize on the popularity of a thing right is like the space in that like the the room in that genre that niche is shrinking like by the day like if you were working on a MOBA now you are coming out six months too late or a year too late or a year too late I mean you and I think that because that's when we started playing Dota people have been playing Dota 2 since two years ago right and like felt that way for a long time and and there hasn't been another successful MOBA since Dota 2 came out two years ago what do you guys think about uh, and what's the sorry what's the genre that you think this secret poncho is the local well I mean saying you guys isn't necessarily true because I don't Mitch could think what do you mean you people (laughs) (laughs) Um, like Samurai Gun Towerfall and Samurai Gun and Smash Needhog, Needhog, yeah, Needhog, yeah. Um, like the, there's like this this rush in the indie community to try to do the next great couch co-op game, and then you have shit like Johann Sebastian Joust and like Sports Friends, Sports Friends stuff, which came out and just tanked, yeah, super hard, but was awesome. Like it, like hit like a meteor, <laughs> except it didn't cause any dust to fly up because that's how little impact Sports Friends made, Aww. like which sucks because. Yeah. That game has been around forever, and people were working on it a really long time, arguably before, like, fucking Towerfall was a thing. Mm-hmm. But now there's Towerfall, and now there's Neathog, and now there's fucking Samurai Gun. And, you know, I just don't think that there's a lot of room for another couch co-op game, especially, like, a PC-focused or PS4-focused one. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like... one of those ones, like I said, six months, it could be cool, but yeah. for now... And Secret Ponchos is doing interesting things. Like, it, it almost feels more like a real-time version of a, like, a Warhammer tabletop game, where it's yeah. all, it's based on line of sight, it's based on positioning and cover, and things like that. And the other thing is that, like, this is an early access game. People know it's out there, no one cares. Yeah. So, 
what chance does it have? <sighs> it's a shame. Those guys are. I think those guys are from Calgary. Maybe my people. Ah, Canada. Well, yeah, that's their that first mistake. From. Uh, coming to America is their first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, my bad. So yeah, I, <laughs> I actually I totally forgot that I I before the show I said I hadn't played anything except Dota and I lied to you I. Didn't play, but I was part of a... We did a one-hour live stream of Shadow of Mordor mm. at IGN. I played that game at E3 for an hour, and then we did an hour-long live stream. Of uh, the same part? Uh, no, no, no. It was... Uh, basically, we just jumped into the middle of the game. It was like a mid-level mm. section, and it's just like, all right, go mess about. And we decided we were going to... Because uh, the entire construct of that game is based around... And they haven't shown much of the story, so they just show a lot of the political stuff. Yeah. And the stuff that you can do with the orc master. Yeah, and, and if you don't know what that is, it's basically there are at any given time something like five war chiefs, five orc war chiefs who are at the top of the hierarchy, and you can either go straight for them to assassinate them, to dominate them, to take control of their uh, camps and their armies and things like that, or if you want to make it easier on yourself, when you eventually get there, you can uh, go attack or assassinate their lieutenants or dominate their lieutenants to kind of build up through the ranks. Alternatively, you could just be killed by a random orc who then becomes a person of power because in that they level structure. up too, right? Yeah, and it's it's interesting because if you would get killed, suddenly that orc becomes a named person mm-hmm. who uh, you can then track and follow, and you know have this like weird relationship with this weird power struggle relationship with where you are deliberately ascending them through the ranks as they are under your control. Can you have other kinds of relationships? Uh, like sexy orc relationships. Yeah. TBD. Oh. TBD. Man, crossing my I don't, fingers. I don't know if orcs have genders. Doesn't matter. Mm, I don't know. I right because the they're just like born from mud. They no, are. Those are the Urukai. <laughs> oh my god, those are it. specifically different dudes. <laughs> I thought I'm they were going to cut all, that I, out of the podcast. <laughs> I, I, thought I thought they were just all mud babies. No, the the orcs were originally created from elves. Alexa, uh, if you're listening, that was all for you. <laughs> okay, my bad. She's probably listening, going, "No, you idiots! It's this way." Well, it's, the, it's right. It's the Urukai who were made by yeah. Saruman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's, by Saruman. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and on paper, I don't think this, you know, you, you hear the, that when somebody kills you, they become somebody who specifically wants to kill you again. If they see you and you, you have these relationships with them and they become your nemesis and over like the entirety of the game, you could have this power struggle with them where you are putting them up through the ranks to become, you know, to have five war chiefs under your control to dominate orc armies. And on paper, it sounds really good. And in execution, you would expect it to be way too complicated or confusing and to just not work. But in practice, it's amazing. It is purely the thing that has sold me on that game. Like, I was not going to play Shadow of Mordor because I don't have time if I'm going to play any of Because there's 73,000 other games. <laughs> yep. And if I'm going to play is one game this year, it's going to be Dragon Age. I was going to say, yeah. what other games are coming out that you guys really want to play? Cause All I want... but the three that have just, been just, delayed. Just yeah. tell me, because I want to know like what what I should be excited about. Borderlands, all... the pre-sequel, Alien Isolation, okay. Dragon okay. Age Inquisition, okay. Forza okay. Horizon 2, Me. Sunset, Sunset Overdrive. Overdrive. Me. Me. Really? really? <laughs> <laughs> that so seems like your shit. <laughs> I know. What do you mean? you? What What does that even mean? What is your... Nah, nah, nah. Mean. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. Well, I'll end up. I'll try it. I'll see what. I'll see. That doesn't excite me. Either, uh, so Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> no fucking uh, way. Alien Drive Club, Project Spark, Borderlands, Drive, yeah, Evil Waters. Within, Fantasia, 
Civilization Beyond Earth, so shut your fucking oh, mouth. Oh, God, yes. Uh, okay. Assassin's ah. Creed Unity, Sunset Overdrive, right, Bayonetta 2, Advanced Warfare, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Rogue, oh, yeah. Crew, Halo, fucking Dragon Age, Don't Far Cry Destiny. 4. Uh, yeah, what's Assassin's again. Creed Rogue? Uh, that's the current gen. The last, uh, last gen. That's the one the that last... sounded more interesting, though, right? Yeah, okay. the, it's the Darth Vader story. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's uh, let's stop. Let's stop. Let's go back to the game talk. You're right. There's a lot. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, and the new Lara Croft and Temple of Osiris. I think it could be really cool. I like the first one. Oh, that comes up. This. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love. Like that. Can we all four play that game? Yes. Um, that game was fucking rad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Shadow of Mordor is really really good. I'm very curious to see how the open world functions in the context of its story because I don't think we've ever actually seen any story missions. Yeah. Right. Every demo has always been, here's this nemesis system. Really, seriously, guys, it works. And it does, because you, I don't know, like the arc we had during our live stream was basically we let some random guy kill the character, Talion, and that made him a named figure. And he became like a level one lieutenant guy. So do you then know where he is from there on out? So you open a screen, and it shows you the five war chiefs, and then you highlight one of them, and it shows you who they're connected to. I love the minority report shit that Mitch is doing with his fingers. Wait, right I, have to, like, <laughs> I have to illustrate it for myself, or I'm never going to be able to articulate it. Uh, and those guys are connected to different lieutenants. And those lieutenants have individual traits, like, yeah. you know, this guy is, he has a fear of burning, but he's not terribly afraid of animals, or you can't kill him with ranged what attacks. What about burning animals? <laughs> I bet if you lit an animal on fire and rode it, which you can totally do, by the way, that dude would freak out. Not for long, though, right? <laughs> yeah, because like, like a short-term solution. Yeah. I mean, he's like half race. It's fine. He could probably handle it. Oh, I was referring to the animal, animal you said yeah. on fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Italian. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be interested. I like to see where that. Mitch's head is at. I'd be fine. I'd be all right. It's fine. Oh, the creature. Of course. It smells like barbecue in here. Uh, yeah. So at any point, you can you can highlight uh, any of the lieutenants that you have intel on. Sometimes you might need to go to like this butcher, and you go, uh, you know, you capture him and interrogate him, and he'll give you information about a different network of orcs, and you're basically just uncovering this spy network of orcs in Mordor. Uh, and as you get more information, you learn more about their weaknesses and how to best kill them. And you can either, you know, take control of them and put them up through the ranks. But that comes at the expense of not getting runes, which you would get for killing them. And runes are basically like statistical drops where when you kill somebody uh, in a certain way, you have a chance of getting a super bonus. That's like if your health drops below 25%, you do 100% more damage or you have a 15% increased chance to do crit which would regenerate two percent health that kind of stuff like really hardcore rpg stat stuff uh so it becomes this economical balance of do you want to have power or do you like power beyond you or do you want to have power for you Mm. and all the while you're upgrading your own combos and you're unlocking new skills whether that's for Talion the combatant or Talion the guy who has super wraith powers so are you ever supposed to do anything with this loyal orc army I don't know because like we've never seen the story stuff. I don't know yeah. what this is. Like I know this the story is a revenge quest yeah. with Talion and Celebrimbor against Sauron, mm. and I assume that's what this is for. Like I assume it's kind of like the Mass Effect galaxy thing, or right. the, what was that? The galactic readiness. Right. right yeah. Right, right. Maybe I, was say, I mean, obviously, we know yeah. you don't kill Sauron. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. This story ends a certain way. You can probably <laughs> guess. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe there's something to do with that, right? Like you can either 
take him on by yourself a little bit weaker or like super strong but without an army or send in the army but Italian's not super strong I don't know uh, they haven't really talked a ton about the story but the open world stuff seems great because you wander Middle Earth sorry not Middle Earth but specifically Mordor because you're behind the black gate the entire time I would assume that you're yeah. going to be on the... Uh, but you're basically... You know, they're like giant-ass trolls that you can just jump onto and ride and nice. bomb around and just punch wargs in the head and throw dudes off cliffs <laughs> and eat other orcs and things like that. Uh, it mm, seems orc. really, really, really interesting. I love the power struggle and the political structure of everything going on in that nemesis thing. I don't know what you yeah. would call it. That yeah. It's like a really complicated system. Uh and I hope it pays off. I hope that that I mean, contributes to something long term. I think it's cool to see them at least if like if you're a Warner Brothers dev and you're having to uh, make a game in the Lord of the Rings universe. I feel like it's at least cool that you try and make an original story with an original character Definitely. rather than just like going back to being like, how can we make another movie about the two towers? <laughs> right. It's like, I don't know. Anthony, think- let's have an off air conversation on that topic. How can okay. you play Gandalf again in another game? <laughs> Exactly. You play what Keeper was Gandalf doing Hindle during top? those hours we no, didn't see? No, I was thinking of a coddle joke and then stopped. <laughs> the least you could do is not make a coddle joke. I'm glad that our brains are now in the same stupid fucked Ugh. up place all the time. So, <laughs> I, I'm glad that... I just want, I, I am curious to play that just because, I don't know, yeah, I had heard too. kind of mixed things about that game from people who had worked on it in the past. Huh. At one point. So. Oh, I'm, I'm really interested in trying that Former one devs bitter about a project? <laughs> Never happens. <laughs> no. Never Bitter isn't it. necessarily the word, but you know, <laughs> who knows? Also, that game is out in like less than six weeks. September twenty ninth or thirtieth or something. End of September. Yeah. Wow, crazy, man. Well, more games like to sink my my a, teeth into. A week earlier than it was supposed to come out. Yeah, they bumped Whoa. it up because October was fucked. Yeah, right. September's looking good. Forza Horizon two and that, and that's basically it. In that other game. When did Forza Horizon come out? Destiny comes out in September, you oh, fucking idiot. man. See, that, that just shows <laughs> my complete <laughs> ambivalence. When did Forza Horizon come out? It's uh, the first one? Yeah. It was 2012. 2012. Oh. Huh. Well, before any of those games come out, I'm sure I will have stopped playing Elder Scrolls Online by then. Are you, no. So are you actually like into that game? I actually do enjoy it, yes. Uh, and it's because the combat is Skyrim combat. But in an MMO universe. Oh, God. So I played it at, a, at an event, and I kind of liked it. Yeah. And I don't really like Skyrim. Ah, uh, gotcha. And that was my big problem, is that like it felt like Skyrim combat. Yeah. And I just can't get behind the Elder Scrolls combat at all. Yeah, it, def- it well, it definitely has that thing. And it's it's the right mix for an MMO, because you, know, you can use your abilities, but you also have these... And, you know, it's not the only MMO that does this these days, but, you know, you can roll out of the way of attacks and they will just miss you instead of everything auto-hitting or not hitting based off status and stat effects. Um, so, in that sense, I do enjoy it. I'm, I'm, I like the crafting system because the crafting system is, like, really rich and detailed. Uh, but I can already tell that I'm like, no fucking way am I going to go gather the 10,053 items I need to level up this crafting thing to a uh-huh. level 5 thing. You know, it's like it's just going to be too much fucking work. That the It's just that that MMO formula just straight up doesn't work for me anymore. And it doesn't... That's not a commentary on whether or not ESO is a bad game or not. 
um, because what I have played, I have enjoyed. It's just a commentary on where MMOs like have totally lost me as a genre. Yeah. So you know, uh, the again, you know, it may be totally different if I was in like a guild because they have all these guild things where you can have or a playing fortress with a bunch and, of friends. Yeah, where you can yeah. have a guild fortress and you can have like a guild um, merchant that is always online in a town and like selling shit from your guild to random players, even though your guild isn't there. And you know, it's got cool stuff like that. So I mean, it's one of those things that like maybe if I had friends, then uh, I would enjoy the game. Well, that got depressing. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes people just don't have friends in the game. <laughs> in the game. Um. <laughs> and. Uh, but a game that I have been totally obsessed with, again, uh, I talked about it a little bit last week, was Minecraft. And uh, one of our friends, uh, Miguel um, Lopez, who you may know from IGN Days, he now works over at Wikia, uh, we were talking about uh, Minecraft a bunch, and he was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to get a Realm server. <coughs> so he went and Sweet. got a Realm server. And so I've been playing tons online, and goddamn, that game is it's, it's addictive when it's just you. But when it's you and other people and you can see the benefit of each other's creations and reactions and you can help each other do stuff, it just makes it all that much more like I have to play this, you know, or I have to finish this project because it'll benefit more than just me. Um, and I've Sounds done like a job. It's yeah, but it's a fun job. So, you know, like I've been doing really cool shit that like, you know, it's not like anybody asked me to do it, but I'm like, OK, I'm going to wall in this village and uh you know i like making cool looking architecture and stuff like that so i walled in the village and i figured out how to do redstone gates that could you know that would open blocks in the middle of the wall and uh a lever would work on either side i had to figure out like a how to do i guess what's called like a an xnor um operation binary operation you know there's like and and or and xnor and stuff like that in order to do something where uh, the state of a lever change on either side of the gate will either open it or close it, depending on whether the gate is open or closed. Right. It's actually pretty complicated with redstone stuff, but, uh, you know, you can look up, like, how do I do an XNOR gate using redstone and that's torches? That's funny and, that you're yeah. basically doing visual... It's like, that's the equivalent of UE4 visual scripting. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I figured as soon as I said that, Anthony, you'd know what I was talking about, having done uh, UE scripting. Yep. Um, and I figured out how to do that and I was super proud of myself and then I finished the walls and you know farming and all kinds of other shit and I built my first nether gate and went into the nether for the first time looking for glowstone and, and I started enchanting because there's just so much in that game that I hadn't seen before so that game is still really fucking good <laughs> and uh, then yeah. I, I played some more of the uh, uh, tutorial training stuff in dota <laughs> i saw you playing that and then playing some bot games i'm very glad to see it yeah, <laughs> yep. no, there ain't nothing wrong with that no. yep just learning how discovered a so far i think the character that i've used and obviously i haven't used that many but the one i like best so far is death prophet she's, she's really good. good it's fun to use you'll get blown up if you get caught out of position though oh i'm sure that's true with pretty much any character you have to learn what position you need to be in period yeah yeah well it's not just like I mean, their position means a lot of different things in mm. Dota. There's like, oh, I'm position four, and Mitch is position five. And mm-hmm. then there's like, you were alone when you should not have been alone. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> um, what does Death Prophet usually play? She's mm. mid. She's good mid. Mm. I mean, she can get fucked up in mid pretty is easily. Is that position three? Is that mid? Or I is that so. one? I don't know. I can't remember. 
I don't know that shit nearly well enough. Um, yeah, she's usually solo mid, so she can get a bunch of gold and experience. And she's just really good at pushing towers. Like, her exorcism gotcha. ultimate lets her, like, release a bunch of ghosts. Yeah. And those ghosts deal a bunch of damage to characters around them, and they can also damage towers. Yeah. So if you're going to roll in a tower, you pop your ultimate ability, and you just melt that thing down. And it's not just, like, that. It's the way that it works. Like, you walk forward, and her ghosts will, they like, pass you, you yeah. like, a second yeah. or two seconds they later. They seek out yeah. and chase people. At a, at a certain distance I don't know Death Prophet's a really good mid and she can play mid a lot but I think she is a solvable problem in that lane so I'd, mm. I prefer to have her in off lane hmm. in the the one without a jungle yeah 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 huh interesting anyway um, Dota yeah Dota. Dota Dota I also played a couple of strategy games nice what and, ones well so one of them uh, it's funny because people don't think of it but there's that game that came out of Steam this week called Five Nights at Freddy's and that game is a strategy <laughs> game like a lot of people think it's a horror game, and it is tense. I didn't know it was anything. What is this game? I saw screenshots and was like, this looks like a fake game that somebody made. It's a joke. <laughs> so it's very, it is a very smart game in the sense that they made it with very few assets, but they did it in a very smart way that they didn't need a bunch of like assets to make it. So the basic principle is this. You go into this place. You are the night security guard at like a Chuck E. Cheese. And at night... <laughs> and, and I'm at on night, board. Okay, so and then at night... The animatronics, uh, the animatronic characters wander around. Of course. And, and uh, they That's wander. That's fucking horrifying. <laughs> and they wander around, and they, uh, the only thing they know is that anything at night that isn't in an animatronic suit, they should put in an animatronic suit. The yeah. only problem with that is that the animatronic suits have armature and stuff in them, so if they find you, they will shove you in it and kill you. Right. <laughs> and, and, so, and so your only thing is you sit in the security room, and you can switch between security cameras because they'll move between rooms. And there's a door open on either side of the security room. Do they only move when you're not watching? No, they move when you're watching, too. Oh, uh, that's like some Doctor but, Who shit. But, 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 but whenever they move, the cameras go fuzzy for a second. So that's the way they get away without having any movement animations. Is that, is that you'll just see, like, this bunny... And then the camera will go fuzzy, and when it comes on static, the bunny will now just be in the camera staring at you. Right, that's what I'm saying. That is terrifying. That's really yeah. sad. awesome. And so, you're, and so you're tracking the positions of multiple targets that are closing in on you, and then when they get to being just outside the security room, you can close the security door. The I was going to say, is, solution, close the door why, yeah, always. Yeah, I was going to say, why can't you close but it before? You have one battery that slowly drains power overnight. And closing the door drains power very fast. That's not how doors work. <laughs> yes, it's a, it is a very... Like shoehorned in mechanics. It's a video game ass video game. Yes, but it does create tension because you're like, oh god, they're closing in. Okay, close the security door. Oh god, I'm about to run out of power. Why can't they fix this stupid fucking door? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it, so it's, it's, it's about surviving five nights, and each night more of them start roaming, and it gets much tougher wow. about how to predict where they're going to go because certain rooms, too, the security cams will be disabled, but you can just hear audio <laughs> to see if they're in there. So it's just like, but I will say that it, as simple as the thing as that is, it actually is really successful at building tension. And when I finally got killed by one of them, it was, it made me not ever want to play it again. So, <laughs> which is just like, it's that fucked up. So that's, that's crazy. a really interesting little game. Five bucks. Yeah. I feel like it's made for mobile devices. Cause like I said, there's basically no animations in it. It's a bunch of, <laughs> it's a bunch of still images. That's yeah. like, if it's this bunny that's moving, then put the still image in this one. If it's the dog, put the, right. you know, the still dog in it. Right. Um, is it dude, early it sounds access? A- I think no, it's just out. It's just like a little $5 game. That reminds me so much of PT, which I saw a bunch of today, too. Oh, yeah. So what did you guys think? Yeah, we can switch that. What did you guys think about PT? Oh, my God. I, I did, did, but Max... We did I a little mean, bit, yeah. Ma- uh, Anthony played a bunch, and then I played like the, a little bit, but I've since played the whole thing. 
That game is scary as shit. I finally saw it today. It's yeah. scary even even when it's incredibly frustrating at times because it becomes like the equivalent of like a 3D pixel hunt. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, like you you know you talked a little bit about that last week, but I mean, you can do things like I was at somebody's place today and they knew the game really well backwards and forwards, and we're doing lots of crazy shit. Like if you back down the stairway into the door and then turn around and open the door to start the hallway loop over again, then the light is on in the entryway. So that's like just one way you can get the light back on. There's things like if you walk 10 steps and then say a certain name into a microphone, then you can get like this baby laugh thing. Yeah, I was going to say the whole thing with getting the baby to laugh and getting like the the Kojima teaser at the end sounds like a weird government code. Like take 10 steps at the bell at midnight (laughs) and wait for the vibrate. Like cracked the whole thing. Yeah, I saw that. Within the first day. I really wonder how many. No, no, like they have like figured, people figured out that you could see this thing. Uh, the first day, but now people have like actually figured out how to make it happen scientifically, how to unlock it. Yes. And oh. So, like, but what really got me about this game was that uh, it it feels more like an actual uh, you know descent into madness and an attempt to climb out of it than than any other game that I've played that like tries to yeah. play with those mechanics. It is so effective yep. at making it feel like a weird nightmarish dream. I think, yep. and I think that's what gives me the most hope is because that's. When I think about Silent Hill 2 and how mm-hmm. fucking weird it was and how weird the imagery was mm-hmm. and, like, you would meet characters that would just make you kind of uneasy because they were <laughs> <Yeah>. so clearly, <laughs> clearly acting off. Yeah. Stuff like that. In this game, it's, like, it's the same thing with the way the radio crackles and the things yeah. that it says. And it's just, like, again, I, I think that there's obviously work that needs to be done to putting, like, some... Because, personally, I think that, that one of the things a lot of people were plotting, I personally think that a game should have a a goal that is something the player can understand and work towards. And in this, I didn't always feel like there was something that I could understand and work towards. Which is probably contributing to the idea of madness. Well, yeah, that's what really got to me about this game is that I felt like I understood a larger metaphor on it. And maybe this is just me reading too much into it. uh, But that's the fun thing about art is that you can. And uh, when you're inspired to, that's kind of a, a, a unique experience when it comes to video games. And in this one, it really felt like uh, you know, this is somebody trying to climb out of their own head. Like this maze is the maze of their own head, and they experience something traumatic. Now, did did the guy actually murder his wife, or is that an internal wife and child? I guess, or is that like an internal metaphor? You know, that's constructed inside of his brain, and he's trying to climb out of it. And you know, those are the own his own personal madness mm-hmm. demons that are confronting him along the way. Or I is mean, he exploring somebody else's mind? Yeah, I, that could be a thing, too. And I mean, that's what I love about it is that it's kind of open-ended in that way, and you can put whatever interpretation on the top of it that you want to, but that kind of interpretation just isn't available in a lot of other video game experiences. And, like, the fact that I was experiencing, like, these levels of thought and trying and thought that, okay, here's a metaphor that makes sense in what I'm seeing, and then, you know, through my com- my own confirmation bias, I could say this represents that, that represents this, you know, like yep. moving through the game. I found that really enjoyable, but god damn it, I mean, like, I'm glad I wasn't the one playing, because I'm not sure I could have kept playing after uh, after a scary ghost woman caught us one time. It's a really yeah. traumatic game. Yeah. It is. I, I, just, I just think that pixel hunting and stuff isn't something that someone can get better at, and yeah. One of the things I learned from working with some of my other designers and stuff was providing people with a gameplay loop that that there's like the ability for the player to get better at something and actually have that sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I think is is something that a game doesn't necessarily do at this point, and it's fine. I think for like the short experience that works, but I 
if for like a longer game, which Silent Hill games traditionally have always been, yeah. I, I, I think they're just going to have to add something in there for you to like get better at. Whether I mean, it's like oh, I, I, I totally agree with like a longer game, it would definitely need that. But this is but for this one experience, this one short compact experience, like uh, the the pixel hunting metaphor just holds true. I think sure. to That's, to the I, I to just the, like like looking at it as a game is a mistake because it's not. It's yeah. a viral advertisement. Yep. Yeah, yeah I guess it's also like a very good really cool. representation of what Silent Hill is. Silent Hill yeah, Two tonal. had the same bullshit. I mean, tonally too, but mechanically, Silent Hill Two also had that pixel hunting bullshit. You had to go find keys like under trucks in the park on the other side of town before you could get mm. into the hospital. Like it just didn't have a lot of logic to it. You just had to explore and fuck around and see where it took you. But that exploration was really dangerous and scary. Yeah, a lot like this. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's although, the th- although I will say in this game, you like at least for me, I eventually learned that that one of the things that I think kind of took it away from me, it's tough because like in this game, the only time you're going to die is when it's scripted that you need to die. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's, there's no real threat. It is like yeah. that being said, it's still fucking scary because, but eventually when I got, when I ended up playing through it, I was like, Oh, okay. So you can't, there's never actually anything that's going to like get you. So there, there's a little bit of dynamism to, to it where you, I don't know what the context is or what the setup is, but uh, we were trying to get like the third baby laugh to get the final cutscene to, to trigger, and I was like standing in the bathroom waiting for the thing to laugh. And I'm staring at it, and it's silent and silent. And finally, the baby laughs out of nowhere. And I'm like, "Yes, cool, got it." And the phone starts to ring. And what you need to do is just go out and look at the phone, and it says you've been chosen, and you end the demo, and you get the Kojima teaser. Mm-hmm. But I look up in the mirror, and this fucking ghost is walking down the hall, and she walks <laughs> into the bathroom and just stands right behind me oh. and i'm like i'm not moving and it was totally this chance thing where i had waited the exact amount of time that it caught that it needed for her to spawn and then she started looking for me and she found me in the bathroom and you have to look at her for her to kill you mm-hmm. but i didn't want to fucking do it well so like y- you don't have huh. to look at her to kill you really uh because when because when when uh when our friend was playing this this morning uh he had just part, he, yeah. he had just started the game and like got in like open uh, well started it again yeah and like you know you start in that cement room in the beginning and then you open the door and that starts the hallway loop in that cement door you could hear the voice of the ghost already oh my god like in the cement door <laughs> no and so like uh, he walked out into the hallway and just started walking down the hallway and she was there the whole time and he kept turning around and she wasn't there and wasn't there but the voice was like right on top of him the whole time oh my god and then suddenly it's like she was just like. Like yeah, major yeah. scare jump moment right in your face. You fall on the ground, and then, like, there's these the camera jiggles is like she's eating you, and it makes those eating you sounds. Huh. And it's like that was, and he was like, that's never happened before. You know, I've, I've beat this game three or four times, and I that was the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, it seems kind of random when she kills you. I played through, and I never got killed. Wow, because huh. <laughs> I'm a fucking pro. Yeah. <laughs> The blood falling out of the fridge that's suspended above oh the entryway. God. There's a baby oh like it's banging a around game. inside it. It's yeah. Such yeah. A game. It's um, up. Yep. I was going to say, a game that you should try, though, Matt, is I ended up playing uh, Invisible Incorporated. Yeah. And that is a totally a Matt ass game. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's from Clay, the guys that made Mark of the Ninja, Shanks yeah. to Eats. But, so they've made some uh, good stuff. Yeah. And it's basically Spy XCOM uh, nice. permanent, permanent Death of Agents. Like, wow, cool! And it tells you right off the bat, I this is a hardcore game, and I was like, yeah, all right. Like, <laughs> Welcome back! Pers- Welcome back, bike can, guy! Can you- Welcome back, Oakland bike guy! Can you uh, can you name them all after your friends so that you- they're killing your friends? Oh, as-, as far as I saw, they already have names. Uh-huh. Um, 
that you know it's it is an early access game but i'll say as far as early access goes this game is way further along than most early access games ever and uh you know basically it is xcom except you're using action points as opposed to like the xcom system of like two moves yeah um and you know and you're you're basically your goal is to get through an area hack things as best you can and then in general you don't want to do lethal takedowns in this game they actually actively discourage you from that hmm. Because most guys have a heartbeat sensor, and if you kill them, it actually sets off alarms. Oh, nice. So, so the best you can do is knock them out. That's but awesome. when you knock them out, it isn't even permanent. It usually puts a number over their head of how many turns until they wake <laughs> up. So you're encouraged to, like, the spy thing. Like, get in, get the fuck what you need, get out as fast as you can. Yeah. You know, instead of, like, loitering or doing the XCOM thing where you're doing, like, really slow pushing and <laughs> killing everyone. Yep. You know, you can do that, but it's going to be much harder on you. Mm. So it's all about using your different spies' strengths and their special abilities, like maybe a one-turn cloak and stuff like that, mm-hmm. to really pull off like Mission Impossible-style missions without killing everyone. That I think sounds that, that, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking cool. Like, uh, I have no doubt that it, as they go, can, you know, they've shown that they continuously continuously polish their uh, their early access games. Yeah. And, I just feel like if you like turn-based games like XCOM or Shadowrun or something like that, like it's a no-brainer. Which I do. Are you guys familiar with Massive Chalice? Uh, yeah, I am familiar with the game. I know that it exists. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I hadn't seen it until really recently uh, when Brad Muir, Double Fine designer, he did Trenched. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, Iron Brigade. Oh yeah, yeah, Iron Brigade. Uh, he, he was streaming <laughs> it because I mean they've been pretty open about the development with that game. And I finally saw it for the first time, and it's, like, I knew going in, because I did the backer Kickstarter thing, and yep. I knew going in it was going to be a very fantasy-oriented XCOM kind of game. And watching him stream that, I'm like, okay, yep, I'm down with the, the turn-based tactics, permanent death, having, yeah. like, every character named after a certain house, and that house has, like, different, like, qualities, and... But the, the way the rest of that game functions, where it pulls back from combat, and in decades go by... And the lineage of that house and that person's life continues into his, like, children who grow up to become different kinds of soldiers that you battle with later. Wow, That shit awesome. is awesome. It seems really cool. I don't Dude, know how that's cool. going to work long term, but it seems like a really fascinating way to handle, you know, having, like, you're not just caring about one person, you're caring about the legacy of an entire family. Yeah. And they're Until nice. you murder them. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that Inevitable. game could be really cool. It's at PAX. I'm excited to finally play it. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. What's interesting is that I have been playing Wasteland 2. Hey. Speaking of turn-based. Oh, Arthur's and, been doing early access as well. Or is it officially wow. out now? Uh, this is a press build for review. Cool. Okay. Of Are you reviewing an early access build? Is that what they're going to uh, watch? It's a separate build because the early access build... Uh, up to date. ...basically breaks saves every time they update it. Cool. Yeah. That seems acceptable. Uh, well, early access, yeah. dog. Um, <laughs> Saves are apparently the last thing to get saved. <laughs> fixed. Um, so the reason that I bring that up here is because while I think a lot of people are sort of like pushing the Fallout connection on that as to why they'd be excited for it, there is a heavy XCOM element to that game in that you have a squad of four people mm-hmm. and action points and permadeath. Oh, um, man. Um, can like, you name your characters? Why are you yes, guys? You can name your characters. They're also uh, pre-built characters at the beginning. Why are you guys talk. giving me so many awesome games to play? Um, I don't know because we're not giving you any time to play it. And Wasteland Two seems like the longest game in history. <laughs> um, is it a long storyline as well as like 
maps and so the thing is uh, the reason it's long is because it is so excruciatingly methodical yeah uh, because it will kill you mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat right like, uh, uh it's like, like a 20 minute battle with like three guys and then all of a sudden one of them dies and you're like, all right, yeah, like if you get the wrong, <laughs> if someone hits you like with a crit at the wrong time, then it could easily like knock a character to the ground, Oof. like unconscious. And they like a certain amount of turns before they die. Yep. And once the battle's over, that amount of turns turns into a real time timer. Oh shit. Like, so if you don't fix that shit, like in a minute <laughs> or two minutes, yeah, they will die forever. Whoa. Um, which, is neat as a concept in play. It is fucking infuriating. And there is a definite, <laughs> like uh, I am at a very early battle mm. or a very early part of the game. Like it's literally, there are two possible second missions you can go on quote. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. Wow. I saw you playing that too. And you were and fighting getting eviscerated by yeah. giant cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> They were kicking your ass. <laughs> uh, giant cockroaches, which A, do a ton of damage, B, have more health than I do, and C, cause horror up close, which is a penalty to hitting. Mm. Uh, so fuck cockroaches in the future. Um, but that that section of the game also revealed that there are just certain technical problems with it. Like, mm. ordinarily, it should show you what your percentage is to hit somebody from a distance, and if they're blocked, like if they're obscured, like your field of view is broken... It should say that, but there are multiple times in this underground section I'm in where it's saying that I have a percentage chance to hit something, and it's hitting a wall. Um, well, is, isn't that just? Couldn't that just be the you missing, and the bullet just hits? No, off like I see the there? the ping off the wall as it hits it because it's a 3D engine. So like the bullet right. flies and strikes off of a surface. Right, but so, I just didn't know if that was like showing you that the bullet's gone wide, you know? Uh, no, because I had like an eighty-nine cent, eighty-nine percent chance to hit both shots, and both mm. shots bounced off a wall, mm. like a, or like a, a a pillar in front of me. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. So yeah, that's really frustrating. Yeah. Also, it will totally present you with stuff that you do not have the skills to do. It does not give a fuck if you have the skills to do the things you need to. Um, like uh, hack this computer, but you don't have anybody that can hack or something. Right, or safe cracking or lock picking uh, or is mechanical just, repair. Is that just because you have the wrong team or is everything too high level? Uh, some of it is is level stuff. Mm-hmm. I was um, going to say, that would happen to me occasionally in Fallout, though, too, where I'd you know be playing and then be like, oh, I'm not a I'm not a technical person, so right. this shit ain't gonna happen. This yeah. seems more <laughs> linear than Fallout, at least at first. Um, also, unlike Fallout, uh, it will present you with pairs of missions next to each other, and you can only do one successfully. Oh, oh wow! Like uh, the first, so you can't come back. The first mission choice you get is you either go to a city called Highpool to save their dam and irrigation technology from raiders mm-hmm. or you can go to this agricultural research facility which is researching making hardier plant life which in turn made giant mutant plants and animals that are killing all the scientists like, <laughs> uh i was most of the way through the 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 reservoir dam irrigation mission when mm-hmm. it was giving me radio updates on the other one and it was like a scientist flipping out and saying that she couldn't that they're the like the monsters and like the plant monsters and bugs are breaking down their door and the ranger headquarters saying that their only team which is me was busy with a different job 
and eventually like you hear them say don't bother sending anyone we're dead and then the person on the the radio dies and so i thought (laughs) well let me see if i can load an earlier save and back out of the city like way before any of that stuff happens and then go and save them because it seems like they're in worse shape but the second i left the city i got a radio broadcast that was the same as the last one i got Uh, saying that everyone was dead so i don't think that you can actually make a choice so it's more of a just a story beat than an actual mission direction well you can do one it's like it's like a choose your own adventure yeah got it so if you went to the scientists i'm sure the people at the dam get killed by raiders right you had already made your bed right yeah Mm. and now i had to let, let people die in it evil plants lay in it apparently or something <laughs> um, like you do <laughs> uh, metaphor so, issues so far uh i don't know like the character development isn't as aggressively in your face or or present as it is in fallout hmm. uh which is kind of a shame because that's like one of the big things about fallout is just like yeah. the world and the characters yeah but it's building its world it's like giving you lots of sh- cool shit to do like if you were smart and dug through the trash at the beginning and got a shovel, you can see like these dirt holes that you can dig in, dig with, dig up with your shovel, and you'll get huh. fucking ammo and items. Right. Um, that sounds like uh, divine origins, which is good because you will literally be like thinking, okay, well, I, I've got twelve bullets of this type. I can keep six and give six to this person. Uh. Like that is how like scarce everything is (laughs) that's intense the inventory management is really really demanding wow um so so i'm enjoying it i like there are definitely things that feel like balance problems yeah Uh, can you just put it on easy there's i don't think there's a difficulty selection Mm. interesting and by wasteland that game's out in a month wow crazy that was kickstarted wasn't it yep Two years ago, I think. I think it got yeah. like a million dollars or something. Yeah, or two something million like dollars. that. I feel like it was more than that, even. And they've been crowdsourcing assets in that game. Yeah, because it's wow. a Unity game now, right? Yep. So they go to the Unity... Like, I make no, a Unity like, asset. They, like, they go into their metric. forums and say, like, hey, build stuff for our game. Yeah. Cool. Well, good for them, man. I mean, if people want to contribute to a project that they want to see happen, I think that's an awesome way to go about it. Nobody's uh, nobody's forcing anybody to make assets for them, right? Uh, and I played more Diablo on console. Game still good, I'm game, sure. Game good, yeah, game good. <laughs> I guess what Diablo three still good. <laughs> when I heard it has color, I don't think Diablo is supposed to have color. <laughs> Diablo of the ever lengthening, ever lengthening title. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. 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 Cool. Well, is that it? Should we take a break? Anthony, do you have anything else? No. No. <laughs> I don't. No more gun. motherfuckers. All right, let's take a break and then maybe we'll come back with a couple letters. Yes. All right. Hi, it's letters time. Hey. This first letter is from Neil, and he he puts a lot of stuff in bold, which I like because he knows that Where if I chose to, I would really read that. Neil deGrasse um, Tyson? 
Uh, yeah, he's definitely been a big listener for a long time. He doesn't understand some really basic shit about video games, but he sure does understand how fucking life began. <laughs> the physical uh, reality of the universe. Wow, that's awesome. I'm glad he's a listener. Uh, Neo writes in and says, I was hoping that you could explain what, in quotes, in engine means. I understand in the way that it's impressive, but I also really enjoy hearing Arthur explain technology things. Like, for instance, the Uncharted 4 teaser was said to be running an engine, which made me think about this again. Um, yeah. So he doesn't quite understand what an engine means. An engine is a, a good fun question. term. And it really I think it's something that we throw around there that we all think that just everybody knows and exactly. understands. Yeah. And it's like, like when we get code. A game is yeah. not necessarily... When they show something that's an engine, it means, like, for instance, in Unreal, I could go into an environment, create the fucking craziest environment possible, and then... To use like the matinee tool to create a cinematic that would take you through that environment but that being said it might be so fucking unoptimized that it would be completely unplayable it would be there's no game there or anything like that it's just that i am using the rendering tools of the engine and rendering a visual that you can look at so you know that this is what the engine can do but is in no way indicative of necessary gameplay right okay and can do is like a a sort of possible exaggeration this is what the engine could produce uh without the constraints of a real-time scenario with gameplay and input involved yep. this yeah, is and, what a and on a computer like. that probably has 64 gigs of memory <laughs> right. and is running crazy stuff so it's like because yeah. the engine is running on a pc it's not running on the hardware itself so when you look at something like that uncharted 4 trailer that says it's running an engine or you look at something like the star wars battlefront thing that we saw at e3 this year that has these gorgeous looking stormtrooper suits that are immaculately detailed in this rich forest and or landscape that stuff is all in engine which is great because it's like oh frostbite 3 makes stuff that looks really good but what that means is the engine that is the only thing that engine is rendering Every yep. ounce of that is going toward exactly what you're seeing and nothing else. And so then once, like, instead of it rendering, like, two speeder bikes running on a pre-made track and you're having to render, like, uh, you know, AI 64 players a bunch and of things or player arts, like, doing all the network code and then it's keeping track of all that. And then it's also doing a bunch of, like, AI com- computations and stuff. All the animations have to be take. in memory. Yeah. It's like by the time you do that, that's when you might be, like, well, we're going to have to lose some fidelity on textures in the distance, so we won't get that, or we won't be able to maybe render all the lighting all the time. So the it's alpha like, effects are going to need to be dialed down. <laughs> yeah, so so that's that's the thing about in-engine stuff is that, you know, you, like you know, technically, like the whole entire Final Fantasy movie, I guess you could say was like rendered in some sort of like graphics engine or, or something Pixar like that. movies, yeah. exactly. If you will. Well, the, but the different, I think the difference that he's mainly talking about is that in engine they're usually trying to say this is running real time at a game if you were using a controller you could look around right now I, and when something is not in engine it usually means pre-rendered and it doesn't right, even it, ha- could, it could mean it was made in just like it could have been made in Maya or 3D see, exactly. Studio Max what or I, what, whatever the way I read it is like in engine is like we're using our tools to create a cinematic whereas pre-rendered means we gave our assets to blur and they sure did pretty. They sure did some pretty shit with them. Yeah. Um, Make no mistake that something that is running an engine like that's fairly representative of something you're going to see. Battlefront going to look good. Uncharted. Yeah, yeah. It's, good. Ju- it's just there will be compromises that sure. get made. Yeah. Right. It's like the original, like the the Gears of War launch trailer with Mad World was was quote in engine. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and the re- and the reason why uh, this whole thing came up was that there was a while in the late '90s and early 2000s where 
at E3 and other game industry events, uh, major developers and publishers would show games that would look like uh, 3D animation. You know, like, oh my God, this is so high fidelity and everything. And that's because they were entirely fake. And they weren't even done in like real-time game engines or something like that. And it became uh, kind of a thing where it was like, oh, we don't know if this is actually what the game looks like or if this is a pre-rendered scene uh, and it's just like a a target or this is what it'll feel like even though the game's not actually going to look anything like this. And so then it became a marketing point if a game like, you know, when the first Crisis came out, no, this is what it actually looks like in the engine. Right, and I mean that still happens. Yeah, now. It still like, happens. there are plenty of pre-rendered trailers oh, yeah. at at E3. But I'm saying yeah. that's when I first saw it come up as like a marketing bullet point. Yeah, like for instance, what was not in engine was the uh, trailer for Bethesda's the game, like the, the uh, ESO, yeah, that or the multiplayer game. Like, what's that new multiplayer game that's Battle? Being made? Oh yeah, Battle Cry, Battle Cry, Battle Forge, Battle Cry, Battle Cry. Okay, but that game was like that wasn't an engine. That no. was just a pre-rendered thing. Yeah. So noun verb. <laughs> noun verb. Word. Um, All right, another letter. So Donald writes in, and he was saying that uh, Donald Glover. I love that guy. He was Donald, great on Community. He says uh, he says that the first FPS that rivals the big MOBAs, you know, as far as competitive esports, he says is already here, and it's called Counter Strike Global Offensive. <laughs> it's just like the big MOBAs. It calls on a tried-and-true gameplay with more than a decade of history. Since the introduction of weapon skins and stickers, the game's player base has been growing dramatically. In the last year, there's been three $250,000 tournaments. The most recent one, ESL 1 in Cologne at Gamescom, saw viewership peak at 409368 at a 160% increase since the previous ESL event. He says Valve was making this happen by leveraging the same economic models that used to grow TF2 and Dota. They now directly promote it and fund top teams by selling stickers with their logos where part of the proceeds go to the teams and eSport crates fund the prize pools for big tournaments. So they already are crowd for Oh funding. my god, so smart. So Arthur so, was shaking his head the entire time yeah, you were reading that. Because it is still why. a fucking bit of chump change compared to what Dota does. Sure, but that is, doesn't make it but, insignificant. But $250,000 is more than like every other gaming tournament unless right. something exactly. is definitely... Just because it isn't the biggest doesn't mean I'm that I'm talking about fine. viewership numbers and player bases. 469,000? Right. That's really good considering that it wasn't a giant production put on by Valve. This is a tournament put on by ESL at Cologne at Gamescom. And right. it's just and like a few rounds. Like it was a two, three day thing. And that's pretty impressive. And it still sucks to watch is totally inaccessible for people who aren't playing and is not anywhere near games that have been out for less time with ostensibly smaller like player bases. So I feel like you would have thought that way about Dota before you started playing. No, I don't think that I underestimated what like people were doing watching MOBAs, because before I gave a shit about MOBAs, they were still doing crazy amounts of viewership numbers. Sure, and yeah, I mean, Counter-Strike I is not League. I don't think that there's any Dota. FPS that does more competitive views concurrence than Counter-Strike. Yeah. I mean, Counter-Strike For- is significant, and it is notable in terms of its what it is accomplishing in the esports space it's not it's not on the scale of mobas but that doesn't make it you know bad or wrong i mean it is always inaccessible no, I mean, but i mean or like, a failure because it's not 10 million dollars the point was that no shooter is coming close to what mobas are doing which stands and that no shooter shooter is offering the same kind of like proper spectator experience that the mobas are offering no but i think his do. point is valid yeah. in that Go is changing a lot to adapt to that. It is learning from Dota because uh, 
Valve launched TF2 and made major strides with that game over the course of five years. With Go, they released it, and it kind of was what it was. It was great. It was a great Counter-Strike game, but it was kind of lacking in a lot of the competitive stuff that Dota 2 picked up on and improved over the next few years. And now the model for CSGO is adopting a lot of what they've done with Dota, and it's causing Go to grow. It was weird. Right. And I think I, a lot of people don't realize just how small the prize pool is in almost every uh, competitive esports competition, e-sports competition yeah. yep. except Dota, and you or know, something so. that's not funded by Blizzard. Right. Exactly. So I mean, it's uh, it's really it's really unique. You know, like the only other time you've seen prize pools like that for an FPS or when Activision directly said, "No, we're going to have some crazy thing and we're going to throw a shit ton of money at it." Right. And but and prize pool doesn't mean that's how much first place wins. That means how much money is given away total for yep. this event. Sure. Two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars is a lot. I mean, I think like the. I think the, and I, I realize that this is the opposite of what you just said. That this wasn't the total prize pool, but I think like the person who won uh, the Street Fighter tournament at Evo won like eleven thousand dollars, and right. that was considered like the biggest pool right. ever. Which is like compared to what's happening in, with other esports is kind of a joke. Which is like one of the weird things, right? That fighting games should ostensibly be one of the easiest things to watch, yeah, and it's still like one of the things that just does not drive. Like those kinds of competitions. Um, yeah, I think the next one of the games that could do that is going to be like something like Hearthstone. Honestly, people love to watch that fucking game. I don't get it, but um, anyway, like back to CS:GO for a second. Like, I think that there will be experiments in CS:GO that Valve will will do as research for something else. Like. Because I don't know because I feel like Counter Strike has such notoriety around the world. If they well, thought it was going to be also, that important, they wouldn't have given it to Hidden Path to develop. No, but obviously they can change their their the amount of importance that they think that it is now because it like t- for instance today it had it peaked at two hundred thirteen thousand concurrent players. Right. That is way bigger than any other game. Like obviously it would be worth their time to invest in it now. So. Yeah, Go matters. I mean, that's a that's a game that will be beneficial for Valve in an esports capacity, probably for years. And this is a small step in that direction. Okay, okay. I agree. Like the spectator stuff, it needs it. Yeah, it needs better functionality. For sure. I, I think that a game has to be built from the ground up for that, and that because CS:GO wasn't, like it will never quite have that. Well, TF2 wasn't built for that, and then they put in a bunch of free-to-play stuff for it, and it blew up. I'm just saying that right as a free-to-play game, but not really so much as an esport. Right, no, but, but it doesn't have built-in. My point is, my point is that you can you can adapt these things if there's a big enough player base. Potentially, is my mind. So yeah, we'll the see. idea being that you can change the model of something to make it work for something different. Okay, this is a question mostly for Arthur. Oh God, from who? No, it's it's good. He says a. Uh, he says uh this is matt and he says i heard you guys talking about people getting wrist pain from gaming Mm -hmm. and he knows a lot of people talk about using a mouse and keyboard um he says i have the same problem with the vita but now i'm starting to have this problem with all my controllers on my home consoles uh and he says so he says i was wondering if any of you guys had had this problem with console controllers and do you think the next gen controllers are any better for this especially the xbox one because that's what he's thinking about getting Or, or am i going to be a playstation gamer and be relegated or be relegated to fucking tablet games to the point where I think I just can't play with an Xbox controller of any kind anymore. So it's like specifically that thumb, the way the thumb positioning is. On the Xbox controller? Yeah. I don't think that's the problem with like if it actually is something like Carpal Tunnel is that shit doesn't get better. 
it only gets worse. I mean, you. <laughs> that was the most depressing of all answers. It can improve <laughs> if you change your habits, but like it's never going to go away. Yeah. Um, like the way that you're sitting, like the way that your arms are oriented while you're holding the controller can be a big thing. Like if you sit with like your arms up toward your face holding the controller, or like if you sit like with your arms to the side, like there are different th- ways that if you have your forearm and your wrists bent in a certain way, it's stressful. Uh, on them, which is why like holding the Vita makes my fucking arms hurt a lot. Yeah. Whereas an Xbox one controller in my lap is fine. Um, you just need to figure out ways to sit that are comfortable and welcome to being old. Uh-huh. You can't contort yourself in any position you want and play <laughs> games for 17 hours. Yeah. Like, you need so, to take breaks and you so need this to is like that you have to rest longer. stand up basically. And no, that's just a thing now. It will never get better. Uh, How do you fix it? No, that's just how you are. It's just shitty now, yeah. Uh, uh, Try standing up and holding the controller like just flat against you and using it and see how that feels. Also, see your fucking doctor. That's something that nobody ever thinks about is like going and seeing your doctor because they now that you have government mandated insurance. My favorite podcast. (laughs) Okay. Um one last question. It will make it's a pretty easy one in my opinion. Damon writes in. Damon Wayne. And, and he says You're really I'm conflicted over whether or not to purchase the Xbox One bundle that comes with Connect. I'd previously purchased the original Connect for the three sixty, and while I certainly appreciate the voice commands, it seemed as though Connect one never really managed to capitalize on the promising concept that was Project Milo. <laughs> now that <laughs> Connect two is out, it would seem that Achieving those once preconceived lofty interactive goals would now be attainable. What really concerns me, though, is that Microsoft revealed the Connectless bundle prior to E3. You would think that Microsoft would seize the opportunity at E3 or more recently at Gamescom to reveal the world just why it is you want the one with the Connect. No, that wasn't their point at E3. But to my dismay, they barely even talked about it, with the, except for their few upcoming gimmicky titles. And so he's saying, you know, is, uh, was it a mistake for Microsoft for talking more about the Connect at E3 and Gamescom? Is Connect 2.0 doomed to repeat the failures or opportunities of predecessor? Should I invest in what might just become another voice box? That's so. what the Connect is I in mean, my home. Yeah, yeah it's, it's for a voice, voice controls. It is not for games. It is not a gaming yeah. device, and it will not be a gaming device for Except a long for time. Except for, like, ever. random harmonics games. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, D4 is not out, and I have to wonder if they looked at Microsoft's changes and they went, well, okay, this Connect episodic series isn't going to work oh, out. Right, the Let's absence of Connect are what's going to make D4 not so well. Correct, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, they need to do whatever they can, right? That game specifically is really weirdly esoteric, and if they are only Connect controls, that game's super fucked, as opposed to regular fucked. Um, I, I use Connect every day for voice controls like yeah me too voice control shit is awesome and it works uh most of the time i mean like although i will say like there are some rooms that i've been in where connect just will not work like one in ten rooms like connect says fuck off that being said if like the extra hundred bucks is important to you eh, i don't think you can live without it maybe someday you'll be able to get them when they're super duper discounted yeah yeah Um, really if you if you Here's the thing, like, I don't know that I would be sad not having it if I had never had it before. Mm-hmm. Like, if if I had never had Connect 2.0, I would have been perfectly happy not buying it at first. Or maybe I would, because I have poor judgment on those things. <laughs> uh, 
But like now when I go somewhere where I can't talk to my TV to make it do things, I get a little sad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so funny, like I think about that too. Like uh, I'll have Netflix playing on my computer and all I want to do is then it'll be like Xbox while, pause. Yeah. And it'll be like while I'm cooking or something. So my hands are covered with shit and I just want to go Xbox pause. What are you cooking? Damn it. Beat me to it. Lots of stuff. <laughs> with shit in it? Well, special shit. Ugh. I only, I only go for the organic stuff. The best stuff. of shits. The best shits. Yeah, man. Organic. Um, That's the way to go. So I, I like... Grass-fed. It will cost more than $100 when it's available to buy on its own. Free range. Um, mm. So there's I that. Get, I just don't think... If it, the voice stuff... The bottom line is that the voice stuff isn't what you want it for, I wouldn't bother. Like, if, yeah. you, if you don't want to control, like, the whole thing with voice stuff, then no, you're not going to miss anything not having it. Yeah. Uh, and also, hey, that could be, like, two more games that you buy. That's true. Yep. And you okay. can get the fucking white Xbox one, <laughs> which makes me so sad because I would have bought the shit out of that last yeah. year. I definitely think they're the, the connect. They, they sent the connect to die on purpose. No, no definitely not. On they purpose. did not send it to die on purpose. No, no, no let's not, invest a ton of money in here. No, just to I, I mean, now it was not in the beginning. I mean, now they're like, oh, this was a failure. Let's just try to sell Xboxes now. I was. In a lot of ways, it is very much like any other like new corporate head of something that Connect was Don Matrick's thing. Mm-hmm. Like that was part of his vision for Xbox as a living room like hub, and Matrick fucked everything up, and now he's gone, and now Phil Spencer wants to put his fucking mark on Xbox, which is fuck Connect except for what it's doing already mm-hmm. let's sell a bunch of these let's put out a bunch of games let's make it about games again etc etc and like so Connect is left out in the cold with the exception of the fact that it actually works right to do certain things right um so well I guess that's what I meant not not because sent to die implies that like it was launched that way right yeah, but no it was one, not launched no one that would way. make that sort of financial investment no yeah. because like the inclusion of Connect, like caused serious compromises at every level of the yeah. Xbox One. Like yeah. its hardware configuration internally was the to UI cut costs, configuration. Yeah, to allow for <laughs> that. I mean the UI now, like they've actually like changed the UI up quite a bit with the well, I'm just saying the fact updates, that they but, have all the drop down and side menus for snapping and unsnapping via right. voice. It's like all that stuff is there's a lot of people that worked on that. Um yeah there's like a lot of <laughs> software resources dedicated to that that yeah. were like also doing DRM that had to be diverted. Um, like the whole business model, of the Xbox one was designed around and included connect. And now they are, I don't know if fucked is the word that I would <laughs> use, but they have lost yeah. like this console generation. Like there are many things that Microsoft can do to sell more Xbox ones. But as far as like being number one, I am pretty sure that ship has sailed like there, unless they, drop it to $300 and give everybody who bought one already like $100 of store credit and say, look, thank you for buying it. Here's our appreciation. Now, like, everybody should buy an Xbox One because it's $100 cheaper. Like, shy of something like that, which they have not demonstrated the stomach or will to do, the Xbox One has lost. Like, Mm -hmm. they are not not pulling a Genesis and making themselves the more affordable option. Like, so they will not compete. Boom! Connect. It Bam. was a bad idea two years ago Rip. when we first heard these fucking well, suggestions. So uh, there goes your uh, your uh, your continued Xbox money hat because I know they had you bought out for like oh, a totally, number of yeah. years now. So uh, I hope you 
are okay kissing goodbye to that regular income that you were getting. I said when from this, Xbox and Microsoft. When the Connect like included rumors started two years ago, I said that was it was like the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> we thought there was no way that was going to be real because it was the stupidest fucking thing we'd ever heard. And low. <laughs> So and it was meant to be. I, I, and I, I liked like, it because it was bundled, and I thought the Xbox was going to sell a whole ton of shit before they went through their whole like summer of fiascos. And uh, <laughs> that, like, oh, it'll be like the Microsoft headset when they pu- totally pushed the concept of everybody being able to talk to people online, and right. it totally worked. And I was hoping that same kind of thing would happen with the Kinect because I like it when people push technology forward that way, and then it just didn't happen. So I'm, I'm disappointed that the Kinect hasn't been a bigger success, and right. that it like, uh, and that the Xbox strategy didn't work. I like what I can do with the Kinect. I really like the voice experience on my Xbox One. Yeah, it was a stupid fucking idea, <laughs> and now they're gonna pay for it for the next three and a half years. Just let me turn off gestures. Please. God damn it. I don't want to open the screen. I don't want to do this. Never. These arm things anymore. Never. Just let me so, if you want to send in your own letters, it's letters at eat-sleep-game.com. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm at Chuff Money. Arthur is at A-E-G-I-E-S. Uh, Matt is at Talking Orange. And Mitch is at Mitchie D. Uh, if you want to see what Mitch is doing, you can go over to IGN.com where you can see videos and and uh, with his face in it and <laughs> cool. you can look at articles. If you go to Polygon.com, you can see the edits that Arthur's done to everyone's reviews and the reviews that Arthur is very well, very well writing himself, such as the Wasteland 2 one that will be coming in the future. Nice. Um, and uh, if you go to, if you also, you should follow Outerlands Doc on uh, Twitter where you can learn more about the Obviously, the Outer Lands documentary series that Matt hey. and his team are so busily making. Yes. Um, you can also uh, tweet at Charles Onyet, C O N Y E T T. Your weekly yeah. assignment for tweeting at Charles Onyet is to. Tweet, That's not so weekly. Is to tweet the following Hey, Charles, I purchased Climb Into Fire, your new short story on Amazon, for $1, and it was really good. <laughs> Colon, capital D. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All it. right, everyone. That you have those. Awesome. You have those things. Remember to come check us out at our panel. Yes. PAX, Next Friday. Next Friday. So it's nine p.m. Mm-hmm. Nine p.m. Friday night. Friday, Friday night. Friday night. Friday yep. night. Come to us with the evening. Spend the evening with us. We'd love to see all of you. The Wombat Theatrines. Are we right after Giant Bomb? Are they? They're not on Friday, are they? Wait, they're Saturday. They're always Saturday. Okay. Ba- okay. Basically, who? Basically, whoever's doing a paddle during us. Uh, is probably the panel that you should go to instead of ours. No. But if you're not doing anything else, come to ours. Game okay. Show Night is across from us, I think. There you go. Oh, that's a bummer. I yep. wanted to go to that. Uh-huh. I guess I'll go to Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, sure. for listening. <laughs> we appreciate and love you, and hopefully we'll get to see you. Your smiling faces next week. Don't bring your kids. Don't forget to be nice people on the internet and in real life and everywhere forever. Everybody just, try not to be a piece of shit, huh? Just, <laughs> just remember, empathy is important. So, all right, we're done. <laughs> Don't be pieces of shit. It's not-